Welcome to the Love Works Here podcast. My name is Sean York. It is July 2020, and man, we are just in the thick of this COVID season here in Southern California. So I have to mention, I got a message on our Crossings Chick-fil-A Instagram account from a Siana who is a cafe director at Journey Coffee Company in Vacaville, California, that read, Hey there. My husband and I have been listening to the Love Works Here podcast because we are trying to rejuvenate and better understand the development of culture. I've been trying to find the Love Works Here Instagram page. Is this it? Obviously, the Love Works Instagram page that I talk about so much. Okay, long story short, our Instagram account, account is down. So before I start the episode, I'm going to share the story behind it because maybe some of you would benefit to hear it. So 2020 has been crazy, obviously, but social media and also just media in general in 2020 has all just gone off a cliff. So I will say personally, I found myself spending a lot of time on social media worrying about things of which I had no control. So there's a John Wooden quote that I have mentioned many times to employees, which is spending time on what we can't control has an adverse effect on what we can control. I found myself in a place where I was the one who needed to listen to my own advice. There was so much noise, so many arguments, and, you know, like for this, against that. I really value harmony with friends and colleagues. So when I see something I don't agree with, I don't argue with them online. I just internalize it and I end up like arguing in my head. And it it was just too much, too often, and I just had to turn it off. So I did. About June 6th, I shut it all down. All social media, deactivated accounts, Uh, About a week after that, I reached out to a friend of mine who is a neighboring Chick-fil-A operator. And I have to brag about this guy because he's he is a legit dude. He flew the Marine One helicopter for George Bush Sr. back in the day. And this guy, if you are like a Marine helicopter pilot, you probably know who I'm talking about. But I won't say his name because I'm going to quote a text he sent me. Uh, So about a week into me shutting it down, I sent a text to him saying, hey, kind of random but I turned off social media about a week ago. There was too much noise and fighting in my head. The anger and frustration was affecting my ability to lead. So I had to take some time away and let it cycle out. Just needed to focus on the things I can control and turn off a lot of the noise that was hindering that. So he responded, Sean, I did the exact same thing 10 days ago. First time in my social media life where even passively reading was too much. He went on to say, I've been in war. And I feel myself going through similar emotions to battle. In aviation, when things start going bad, you are trained to shed non-essential tasks to ensure you have the bandwidth to do what needs to be done to survive. I never imagined I would feel this way as a civilian. So crazy. It was amazing. Like, And I have talked to him since, and it's been about a month, and both of us are still not on social media. And it's great. I, uh, after doing so, I got my every week iPhone sends you a report and you find out, you know, how much time you were spending on social media. And I can compare it to the reports I get now. And what I've realized was that I was, I hate, I mean, I'm just putting this out there. I was spending about 18 hours a week on things I couldn't control. I was just reading, I was taking it in and I was just, you know, absorbing all of it and kind of worrying and and concerning on uh, the state of everything. And if I turned that off 18 hours a week, if I turn that off, all of that time goes into me being more present for my employees and my family relationships that I can control. Uh, I, I will tell you 
that it has been pretty transformative. So I wanted to share that because I believe that no matter what you believe on any given topic in 2020, what is said online can be incredibly divisive and polarizing. But when we remove that that noise and focus on the people around us, it, it can be really transformative. So that uh, was a really long intro, but I'll start with the actual episode. Uh, I figured I needed to say that. I needed to uh, to get that out. But you, what you'll notice is the, the, yeah, the Instagram page is not there. It will be eventually. I mean, it's everything's still there. Uh, but if you do work for Chick-fil-A, if you are an operator or a leader, I will tell you most of the stuff we talk about, almost all of this stuff is on a, an internal site. If you're in the Chick-fil-A world, you'll know a CFA home and you can search for Leadwell in that. And there is an article about the podcast and in that is a ton of resources. So if you've never done that, then you should. But most of the stuff when I say like, go to our Instagram page, it's also on Leadwell. So that's good. I'm glad I mentioned it. This is, let's see, episode 18. It is called Leaders Show Up. So a few years ago, I had a crew leader and this crew leader was coming up through the leadership pipeline and had finished their team lead list, uh, which meant if they became a team lead, they would get the keys of the store. So I sat down with some of the leaders and I asked what they thought of this crew lead becoming our next team lead. The response I heard was, oh, I just think she's in it for the wrong reasons. And I'll be honest, I had no idea what that meant. In it for the wrong reasons, like what do I do with that, right? So I said, hey, you've got to give me something, give me some more. And eventually uh, what they said was, you know, she's only in it for the, the, the uniform, just for the promotion, in it for the money. And so the, I had to ask a few things here. One, how did she get this far before we noticed this? And why didn't you say anything until now? And how am I supposed to to communicate this to that leader for feedback. More importantly, how do we spot this earlier next time when I start thinking of the, the bigger picture? And how do we coach people past this if that's, if that's the issue that we're having? So today we are going to discuss how to spot future leaders that are in it for the right reasons and make sure we are grooming future leaders so that they end up pursuing leadership for those right reasons. This is episode 18, Leaders Show Up. I love my job. High volume, fast food, 160 employees. It is a pressure cooker and it gets crazy. But I truly believe that it's possible to build a business where everyone loves their job. It sounds impossible. And when I first started this business, it was. I'm not the extrovert or the social butterfly. I'd rather be building systems and crunching numbers on Excel. But I decided to stop making excuses of why I couldn't and start utilizing my love for systems to build a better culture. Today, I call it the York Framework but it's really just a collection of systems designed to make a better workplace and make people happier. I'm going to share all the mistakes I've made so that you don't have to make them, and we'll look for new problems to solve along the way. I'm Sean York, and love works here. So the first thing we should discuss is what are the right reasons to pursue leadership in general? Ideally, what we're looking for is people who believe in the values of the team and want to further those values. So our core values, which I don't, I don't know that we've actually, that Hannah and I have talked through our core values. I know we did an episode, episode six, which is a, a higher purpose where we talked about those. But our core values are, one, we are here to serve. Two, we find joy in our work. Three, we care for each other. Four, we protect the brand. Five, we give our best. And we have six, which is we take ownership. And uh, we actually have a 
it's like a mnemonic device for each one of them with the numbers like one we are here to serve and you hold up a number one and i'm not going to say all of them but they're they are the reason that they stick in everybody's head and every team member that we hire has to learn those and has to know them so it's it's kind of a fun thing but it's important that you have core values uh and it's important that you have a set of values that your leadership team buys into. But even if you have yet to articulate a set of values, this episode is still applicable. So I'm going to mention a few areas where future leaders show up and where people in it for the wrong reasons don't. So we had this park day and it wasn't well attended. Like there weren't a lot of people there. And I was talking to one of my directors and I said this gut statement that sometimes I say and I don't think about and it just kind of comes out and then later I have to go back and say like what and have to figure out what I meant by that but it just I I said it and it was uh, you know there are not a lot of people here but look around at these people these are our future leaders and at the time I believed exactly what I was saying and I still do even though I didn't know why I said it but I kind of had to after that I kind of had to wrestle with the thought because listening back to myself say that It sounded like what I was saying was, you know, I was kind of bitter. I hosted a gathering and not a lot of people showed up. And so now I'm going to play favorites with the people who did show up. Uh, That's what it sounds like. It still sounds like it sounds kind of tacky. But there is actually a bigger truth behind that. And that is that leaders show up. So your future leaders are your current team members who are willing to buy into the idea that the needs of the team are more important than their own needs. And I have to say that one more time because that is is something that I don't want to get lost in this episode. There are people in your business right now, they're entry-level people. We call them red shirt team members because they join, they first get their first red shirt before they move on to leadership. They're red shirt team members and they are currently willing to buy into the idea that the needs of the team are more important than their own needs. And because they believe that, they show up to things. They show up in a lot of places, and we're going to talk about those places. Now, saying that the team's needs should be greater than their own needs, that might initially sound like I'm asking a lot. So I'm going to defer this back to the great John Wooden. Uh, and, And I mentioned John Wooden before, but he is one of the greatest NCAA coaches of all time. And if you hadn't uh, read uh, Wooden on Leadership, like every page has like an amazing quote. And uh, I just like in the back of the book, I started writing all these quotes down, but I have a few of them in this episode. But John Wooden calls this, he calls it team spirit. And he, he says it as team spirit is an eagerness to sacrifice personal interests in the glory for the welfare of all. John Wooden calls it a tangible driving force that transforms individuals who are doing their jobs correctly into an organization whose members are totally committed to working at their highest levels for the good of the group. That sounds like a lot, and it's amazing, but many of us might be starting from scratch. We don't have John Wooden's UCLA team. So as leaders, where do we start? How do we spot what he calls team spirit so that we can encourage more of it? So it can grow into this transformative driving force that Wooden is talking about. So the good news is this. You likely already have some people in your organization showing up right now, demonstrating the willingness to put the needs of the team before their own. So like the Park Day story, I'm going to mention four areas where we can spot future leaders showing up. The first one, there are moments that matter most to the members of your team. When those moments happen, who is in the cheering section? So birthdays, promotions, baby showers, anniversaries, graduations, any of these moments that mean so much to the team. When you post these to the team, who are the people cheering? 
So at our stores, we often do promotions at the shift change, like at 2.30, because that's when you have the most people there. Uh, there's people coming, there's people going, and some people are eager to stay just so they can be part of that celebration. Some people are eager to leave. Occasionally, we have leaders show up even when they don't work that day or they FaceTime in because they want to be a part of it. Pay attention to who's in the cheering section. You will find leaders show up. When you post a message to the team about someone's anniversary, who likes it? Who comments? Right now, you currently have people who generally love the team and want the best for the team. Those people will show up. So pay attention who's in those groups, who wants to be there, who doesn't want to be there. It'll tell you a lot. So the second area are checklists. Now at our store, our checklist, we have like the initial 30-day team member checklist and um, you know your advanced team member checklist. And those kind of entry level lower, lower checklists can be signed off by any leader. Sometimes we'll get a checklist back and you'll look at the checklist and you'll say, hey, this was all signed off by one person. Uh, but there's sometimes when you go, man, there's this one leader and I haven't seen him sign anything off in a long time. You know, what's the story behind that? Well, there's a story if you look at those signatures. Those leaders who spend a lot of time signing the other team members off are people that are investing into those below them. Pay attention to those names. That's another area where people, that leaders will show up there too. Number three, uh, I'll, I'll say again, first one is the moments that matter most to the team members, who's in the cheering section. Number two, the checklist of the team. And then number three, the outings. Now we talked about park day, uh, but there are people who are willing and looking forward to spending a day with the people they work with. And then there are others who have no interest. Pay attention to which people are in these two groups. Leaders will show up here too. So that's three outings. Number four, covering shifts, staying late, responding to emergencies. And I'm not talking about working off the clock. I'm talking about staying clocked in and finishing a job that someone else left behind. So there are people who show up in those moments right now. And there are some who are nowhere to be found. You might have some leaders who are currently nowhere to be found. So we had a, a leader that was in our kitchen several years ago, and he was a very competent leader. And he had, a, uh, he had a big presence and someone who could command the attention of the team. But after he clocked out, he was nowhere to be found because he had two jobs. So we desperately needed his leadership, and we were ready to give him the keys to the store. But we hesitated because we wanted someone who would show up in emergencies. And I told him that I would love to have him in leadership, but I needed to know that this job was his top priority. So I set a really high bar for him. In response, he told me that he needed to be off for two weeks to tie up some loose ends with his other job. And I told him, when you return, the bar will be higher. He never came back. And I think we avoided probably a potentially bad situation because, uh, and this is important, while I do believe that anyone can lead, I also believe that there are seasons where certain people aren't fit to lead. Now, this guy had too much on his plate and he didn't have the ability to put himself in the situation where he could put the needs of the team above his own. And that's okay. We have some students and some parents uh, that are in a position where showing up and taking orders is about all they have the capacity for in that season. That doesn't mean we lower the bar of leadership, but that means in that season, 
Like we just need them to be order takers. Like this is what you're going to do. Now, at the same time, at the other end of the spectrum, you might have some people that show up in all the moments we talked about, that they show up at the outings, that when you post something on your internal group messaging, they're the first ones to like it, to, you know, to give an encouraging message. They're at the front of that cheering section. You might have someone like that who's just, who's, nails all those moments, but they just don't have the competency. You have to have both. You've got to be able to make your way through that checklist and be competent in all the areas that you need to lead, but also you have to be able to have this willingness to buy into the team and to put the team's needs above your own. I will tell you right now, it is so much easier to train competency than it is to train someone to care for others when they have spent their whole life being a selfish person. That's really tough. So recap here. We talked about the importance of leaders showing up and putting the needs of the team above their own. Wooden calls this team spirit. We mentioned the areas where they show up and how to spot the ones who appear to put the needs of the team before their own. The last thing I will tell you is just do an inventory check and make sure your current leaders are modeling the behavior that you're hoping to hold future leaders to. You might have some people coming up in the pipeline that are naturally selfish people. You might have that, but you might also have that they're learning it from one of your leaders. Take a look at all these areas that I mentioned and audit your leaders. Do you feel that they are willing to put the needs of the team before their own? Are they currently showing up in these areas? Don't expect future change without changing the present. So there are a lot of things I talk about in this podcast that you can and that you should pass down to your entry level red shirt team members and your what I call, you know, your future leaders, but not this one. I would say what I talked about in this episode, don't pass this down to the people at the bottom. Don't, don't, you know, post these on a list and put them on the break room wall or whatever. Don't give away the answers to the test on this one. Uh, because in this episode, I'm not giving you a system. A lot, I give a lot of systems away, but this isn't a system. What I have done, I've simply told you the places where to look to make sure the systems are working and how to select the people who are putting the team's needs first. So basically in doing so, I've given you, imagine this, I've given you the fruit to look for when selecting the right trees. You can share this with your leaders. You can share this with people you trust, but be careful not to give this away to everyone or you'll have a team that's gaming the system. And then you'll have to look for new places to find where leaders are showing up. But if you do, like if you end up finding some, uh, I'd love to know about them. You know, here are a handful, but I'm sure there's more. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with one, uh, one more amazing John Wooden quote that says it all. And that is, the star of the team is the team. It's so simple. Uh, I, I just, I love the simplicity of it here. But uh, when the team needs it most, leaders will show up. Well, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening. If you valued this, please write a review and put that in the podcast app. And if you happen to be inspired enough to take a break from social media because of what I said in the intro, please write a review and tell me about it. Please. That would mean a lot to me. This has been episode 18. Take care of yourselves and be well. Mm-hmm.